I have a special guest that I'm going to introduce you to today. I've known this young man, and I do say young because compared to me, he's a pup. <laughs> Lynn Wheeler, I met him back years ago, and he preached for me a time or two. We just lost God. I think he went out of the world and got all over the nations, and he did. Uh, he's been in ministry for uh, almost four decades, I guess you said earlier service. Um, but I had to lead about 20 years ago. I th- he went to Tennessee, and I just, I don't know, I got his mail. I'm just glad to have him back in our pulpit. He and his bride, Diana, he'll introduce her in a moment. They've been in South America, Central America, Italy, Austria. They have <clears throat> preached in many parts of the world. They've done uh, conferences. They've done marriage conferences that they're very in much demand to do. They're very well-rounded people. I think she's a PK, aren't you, Diana? Her dad's, a, I think, a minister, uh, AG, here in Oklahoma, too, right? And uh, we're just glad to have them. I want you to hear the message God's laid on his heart. Will you welcome to me with us today, Lynn and Diana Wheeler. so much, Pastor. God bless you. I was sitting over there thinking how long it had been since I had been here. I I think we've come close to about 20 years, but I just want everybody to understand I was five years old. That did not go over at all here in this church. That fell real flat right there. Obviously, if it's been that long, I was in another building, and I got here, and I'm just looking around at your facility thinking, wow, God has been good to Christ's Legacy Church. What a beautiful place to worship God in. Isn't that wonderful? We give Him glory for that. Amen. It's a beautiful facility. Praise God. Another thing I noticed initially, as soon as I get up to speak, is, boy, you got to get here early to get a back seat, don't you? Yeah. Folks, you guys are out of the spit zone. I can't even reach you guys up back there. That's all right. Good. Honored to be back with you. How many feel good today? Raise your hand. Do you? Wonderful. How many look good today? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. How many slight possibility person besides you just told a lie in church? They did. We need an altar call first, don't we? Huh? Yeah. I'm going to preach on pride today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Listen, I don't want to get very far into my introductory remarks without uh, pausing and saying how much that I love and appreciate my friends, your pastors. Uh, I just love Dave and Linda Brooks. What a blessing they are to the kingdom. And I know you know you're blessed to have these people as your leaders and your pastors. And I want to honor them and say thank you for letting us be with you today. And we really are blessed to be a part of what God's doing here. Bless you guys. Also want to introduce you to my better half. My wife, Diana, travels with me from time to time. Glad she's able to be with me today. Diana, would you stand? Let everybody meet you. I want everybody to meet her because I'm blessed to have her in service uh, with us today uh, as well. So very quickly before your pastor comes back, he's asked me just to take two or three minutes and to talk to you about some things we have going on in our ministry My wife and I have ministry going on in the country of Costa Rica. We have ministry centers there. We call them the refuge. They would be equivalent to what you may know here as a pregnancy crisis resource center, very similar to that. So we have people come into uh, our center. They take parenting classes. They earn parenting books. 
Then they go into our store of donated items. If you've raised kids, you know what it takes to raise kids. So in there we have formula and diapers and cribs and strollers and even food packages of beans and rice for the parents. But um, I want you to know that 100% of our clients come from the less fortunate areas of Costa Rica. 95% of our clients are single moms just really struggling to feed their kids. And they come in and we try to meet their practical needs. But how many know the greatest thing we can do is give them Jesus Christ? Every person that comes into our center hears about the Lord. I want to give just a quick testimony. In a couple of weeks, we're leaving with a team of 17 people to go on a short-term missions trip. We're going to go over. Last year, we went over at this time. We had graduation from our center. We had 15 ladies that graduated. Here's a testimony I want to give you. One of the ladies got up at graduation, and she said, I'm so thankful for the refuge. If it wasn't for the refuge, I'd be a prostitute today. Now, let me give you the backdrop to that story and to that statement. In Costa Rica, abortion is illegal. Prostitution is not. So, unfortunately, a lot of ladies in that country, if they can't feed their kids, they will turn to prostitution just to feed their kids. They're trapped, ladies and gentlemen. They think they have no other way. You and I know there's not only another way, there's a better way, and his name is Jesus Christ. We're spending all of our time in our center trying to instill into these ladies, especially their self-worth, that they are valuable, and they come from the slums, the less fortunate areas, and they feel like they're of no value. But I want to tell you, when Jesus Christ comes into your life and you become a King of kings and Lord of lords, it really increases your value, ladies and gentlemen. And so this is what we're doing, and we need your prayers. If you would pray for us, we really would appreciate it. It's our heart to have these ministry centers all over the country of Costa Rica reaching out to these uh, people and helping them in their lives. Now, what I want to tell you just real quick is we have a product table out in the foyer. I've written three books. There's some teaching series out there. But there are also T-shirts, and there's a purpose, a reason I'm going down this road. The T-shirt out there, it says the fog on it. F-O-G. So basically, I've written a book called The Fog is Rolling In. F-O-G stands for Favor of God. That's one of the books out on the table. We got a t-shirt on that. Here's the reason I'm telling you this, because if you get a t-shirt, everything goes to help us in Costa Rica, okay? These are $10,000. I'm just seeing who's awake. 30 of you are awake. And so that's what we just... You obviously know I'm kidding about that. So everything else goes to Lynn Wheeler Ministries out there, but that specifically will help us with our ministry in Costa Rica. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Brother Lynn. Thank you. Hello? Um, Am I on? Okay. Thank you for your willingness to follow the Lord in ministry in many, many nations of this world. I want us to give to them today, and I I want to be a part of that ministry, whatever the Lord is laying upon their heart. I want to tell you that sometimes being on the road and traveling can be a burdensome thing, and I'm I'm glad God sends us people that are willing to do that, amen, and willing to stay sometimes a long time and minister in some different nations. I've been there usually only about 10 to 12 
a couple of weeks. One time, my last trip was three weeks, and that was a long time, Brother Lynn. Can't imagine how many times you stay away from home, but I thank you for accepting the call. Let's give today in this time. Father, bless our offering to this man, this woman, these your servants, Lord, that are here to serve you. Thank you that you brought them our way. Someone, Lord, provided that they can be here with us. May we provide, Lord, that they can be with others, that it might glorify our Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jack. While we're receiving that offering, I want to just share with you, we did a memorial service yesterday for a friend of mine. Since we were teenagers, I went to youth camp and and for many years with Brother Greg Whitlow, he's a minister here in, in the city, uh, used to be the old Lakeside Assembly for years. And uh, I, wanted, I, I, I stood for almost an hour and a half at that funeral yesterday because I couldn't get a seat. But I kind of felt like it was an honor to do so. And just want you to know that he went home. Aren't you glad there's a heaven to go to? I'm so glad there's a place to, to know that uh, for the, those who follow the kingdom, and they are there. Thank God for it. But Lynn has a message I want us to hear today, and uh, I thank God for them coming. We received their offering. Would you welcome him again to our platform, please? Amen. Thank you, my brother. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Sincerely, thank you, church, for your gifts. I pray the Lord return them to you a hundredfold. And we do desire your continued prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you grab your Bible and stand with me? Let's honor the reading of God's Word today, if you don't mind. We're going to Genesis chapter number 3, Genesis the third chapter. Our text is going to start at verse number 1, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. While you're finding that, since a lot of you have never heard me preach, I want to confess very quickly to a, to a fault, a flaw that I have in my preaching, okay? So you should know this before I ever even start, okay? My flaw in my preaching is this, that while I'm preaching, the more you say amen, the shorter I preach, Every church has them, I want you to know. Some of y'all just hungry already, aren't you, huh? You're just hungry, yeah. I'm going to get amens from people that have never amened a preacher in your life. I'm sensing that today. I sure am. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. If you found it, shout, I'm there. Good. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Verse 4, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. Now, church, I want to stop. We're going to read through verse 6, but I, I want to stop because I, I don't want you to miss something here because it's important to the preaching and teaching today, okay? So I don't want you to miss the very fact that while we're reading through this, a portion of Scripture that's familiar to most of you, I don't want you to miss the fact that the very first time the devil ever opened his mouth, he lied, Okay, so now, do you see verse number three? 
Eve said, this is what God said. But in verse 4, the devil pops back up and said, that's not true. He's contradicting God. The first conversation the devil ever had, he lied. He was a liar then, he's a liar now. If he's speaking to you, he's lying. John said, he's not only a liar, he's the father of liars. So I want us not to miss that. The very first time he spoke, he lied. Let's continue. Verse 5. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. I pause again, then we're going to pray, and I'm going to preach. Please bear with me, but I want you to catch something here. We see throughout this entire conversation, according to verse number 6, the entire time... Adam was standing there and never said a word. I want to publicly speak to the men of God in the house in front of everybody right now. I pray that you're a reader, and if you are, I'd like for every man of God in the house to locate a book by Dr. Larry Crabb called The Silence of Adam. The Silence of Adam. You can figure it out. The conversation between Eve and the devil... Adam standing right there never said a word. May I call on the men of God in this place not to be silent during this time. It is time for men to rise in leadership. I want to declare that the devil cannot have our lives, can't have our marriage, can't have our family, can't have our finances, and can't have our health. I'm looking for men of God to rise up and take it back and not just let the women do it. Praise Smile, church. I won't be here next week, okay? It's just one Sunday. The silence of Adam. He should have spoke up. He should have said something. But he didn't. Let's pray. Father, thank you for an opportunity to connect with this great church. Thank you today that our partnership is going to give you glory. I pray that everything that is said and done will give you glory in this place today. Thank you for an anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. Thank you that hearts and lives are going to be healed in your presence. Souls are going to be saved. Thank you for every life that's going to be changed in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated if you promise to Amen the preacher. All right, everybody sit down. We, we ought to have some fun. Up here. I know some of you are note takers. It's my goal as a speaker to be very easy to follow. We'll give you a title. We're going to give you points. Very easy to follow. Today I'm going to speak at a message the Lord's given me called Living Above the Snake Line. Living Above the Snake Line. Please bear with me. I just want to talk to you for a moment even before I launch into my introductory remarks. As I realize that many of you have been going to church for a very long time. You've been raised in church. There's no doubt that you have heard many, many sermons throughout your lifetime. Many times when you walk from a church service after hearing the preaching and teaching of God's Word, you will fall into one of two categories. Sometimes you'll walk from the sanctuary and you will go, you know what? That was a good reminder. 
Because sometimes when the Word of God is preached, it was something you've already known, something you've already heard. But it was a reminder for you that day. Come on, how many in the house know we need reminders every once in a while? I don't want the Word of God to grow stale and stagnant to us. There may be other times you walk from the sanctuary, and it's not a reminder. You may walk from the sanctuary, and you may go, wow, that was revelation. That was something I hadn't heard, or I hadn't heard it quite that way before. And it's revelation to you. How many know we need that still in in the church, all right? How many are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say today? Can I just see you on I just wanted 100% on something. That's what I thought. Sometimes we leave it's a reminder. Sometimes it's a revelation. There is no doubt in my mind that probably today you're going to walk from this place saying that was a reminder. And here's why. For 38 years, I've been in full-time ministry. Of those 38 years, 34 of them... I have been a traveling minister or an evangelist. And I have seen something right now going on that I've not seen at the level ever before. In all my years, I have never seen God's people under attack like they're under attack right now. In many levels... I see it in their health, in their finances, in their marriages, in their family, in their emotions, in their battles, in their mind. I've never seen it at the intense level that it is right now. I've never walked to the altars of America and in Costa Rica and asked people, what can I pray with you about? And had so many deep, desperate requests come my way. There is an attack. It seems like hell had a staff meeting and said, boy, we're going to turn it up on God's people and we're going to turn it up right now. As a result of what I'm seeing, this message is birthed in my heart. Because you're going to walk today saying, boy, that was a reminder. Because I'm in the plate in the house today to share with you A reminder, I don't want you to forget, no matter what level you're under attack in today or what area it might be, can I remind you today that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world? Can I remind you that you're the head and not the tail? Can I remind you that victory is yours in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen. Pray for me, I'm about to preach. Huh? Can't, can I just remind you that the devil belongs one place in your life and that is under your feet. And so throughout the course of this message, you may hear me many times just speak over you, decree and declare something over you. Because what I want you to know today, according to the Word of God, is that I want to cancel every attack from hell off of every individual in this place. I deem it null and void. I stamp it return to sender. It will not succeed because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. It will not succeed. I said it will not succeed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm preaching a message today called Living Above the Snake Line. 
Many years ago, I went with my parents on vacation out to the Smoky Mountains. I was out there and I was in one of those buildings. How many ever been to the Smokies? Raise your hand. Would you know, all right? I forgot y'all not going to raise your hand no matter what I say. I forgot that for a minute. So I'm in, a, I'm in this building and I'm reading this bulletin board. You know, it's informational, you know. And so I'm, I'm reading this bulletin board. All of a sudden, this park ranger comes in. And he's got, I don't know, 12 or 15 people with him. I don't know. And he's given a little tour. Now, everybody learns differently. Okay? Everybody connects. So some people learn better by reading. That's my wife. My wife is a reader, and she will grab... Not me. I learn better by listening. If somebody's speaking to me and teaching me, that's my learning trait right there. That's how I best pick it up. So I've been reading, but now I have an option. Now this guy comes in, and he's talking, which is the way I learn better. So I'm not reading anymore. I'm listening to him. But what you should know is I'm acting like I'm reading. I'm still looking at the bulletin board, but I'm eavesdropping over here is what I'm... How many ever eavesdropped? And I'm going to give an altar call for liars if y'all don't get your hand. Huh. Yeah. I'm no longer reading, but I'm acting like, and he's talking along. And you know how those things go. You've been in them. It's like blah, 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 some of it. He comes to the end, and he, he said, okay. Anybody got questions? He's asking this small group of people. Well, they start asking questions, blah, blah, blah. But then they get to a question that causes my preacher radar to go up. And somebody said, what kind of animals are roaming through here in the Smokies? Well, he starts going through some animals, blah, blah, blah. But he gets one. Here's the one that made my preacher radar go up. He starts talking about snakes. He starts telling this story about something I'd never heard called a snake line. And he's telling these people that in every mountain range, there's an invisible line called a snake line. We can't see it, but snakes know where it is. A snake's body is not built to intake oxygen at certain heights. Everybody here knows the higher you go into the mountains, the thinner the air, the harder it is to breathe. And this guy's telling a story about a snake line trying to communicate to these people, if you get up so high, snakes know better. They're not going to go up that high, so you don't have to worry about snakes. I had never heard this in my life. It was a new thing for me. Snake line. You know what I did then? I thought, i got to learn more about this. So I went and Googled it. I Googled it. I said that twice because every time I say Googled it, it makes me feel 30. <laughs> I Googled it, man. I Googled, I'm going to say it over and over. But it's really not working, Pastor. I'm trying to... It's not, so I went and Googled and I'm reading through all this stuff about a snake line. It's a real thing. Now, in every mountain range, it's different heights because it has something to do with sea level. Don't understand it all. And some of y'all are getting ahead of me right now. You know what I'm about to preach. So I'm sitting there thinking, there is a place so high that we can go and we don't have to worry about snakes. Okay, I'll preach since you're begging me. I got to tell you something before I get into my main points. Can I tell you how I prayed for you before this service? 
I pray that in this service today, the Spirit of God would move in such a strong way across this sanctuary today that the Lord would take every single one of us so high in His presence today, we'd be above the snake line in this place. Come on, are you ready to start looking down on the devil? Aren't you tired of him messing with you and your family and everything that's going... I'm ready to start looking down on the devil. Come on, Lord, take us above the snake line in this sanctuary today, so high in Your presence that we're looking down on every single attack of the enemy. Can I tell you, it's not just an event either. It's not just a March 1st, 2020. My prayer is that today we start living above the snake line and we start living above the snake line all the days of our life. From now on, we will never go back down below. So bring it on, devil. Give it your best shot. There are some of God's people in this place today that are ready to take you on in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. There are three of God's people to ready to take you on in this place. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today about four kinds of snakes. But before we get there, I just got to tell you something, okay? Because I don't want you to sit there through my whole message and wonder, okay? So I just want to tell you straight up so you don't have to wonder. I hate snakes. In fact, there's nothing about them I like. If you want to make me mad, see me have a rips, Norton conniption fit, lay hands on you without praying. You throw a plastic snake at me. That's not funny. I'll lay hands on you without praying in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I said that line out in the state of New Mexico one time, and there's a guy out there had this big ranch, thousands of acres. And he comes up to me and he said, Lynn, a lot of those snakes won't hurt you. I got them all over my ranch. He's telling me there's this one called a garden snake. That thing won't even bother you, won't even hurt you. You know what I did? I looked him straight in the eye and said, Sir, with all due respect, that snake may not hurt me, but it is going to make me hurt myself. Because I'm out of there. I'm out of there. There's nothing about them I like. I've made three friends in this room. Does anybody like snakes? Raise your hand if you like. Look at all these people going to get saved in this place today. Look at all these. Amen. Four kinds of snakes we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how they're invading the church. Number one, everybody shout, here we go. Let's talk about the rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. I hope y'all are not moaning because of the sermon. I hope it's the snake that we're talking about. The rattlesnake. How many ever heard of rattlesnake? Would you? What? No. Now, we've all heard of rattlesnake. You know why? Because what separates it from most other snakes is that rattler, isn't it? It makes a noise. It's obvious. If I hear a rattlesnake coming from this way, I'm going that way. It, it makes a noise. It's, it's very obvious where that rattler is. You know that rattler can't hide itself. It is a rattlesnake. And we can hear it. We know where it is, and it's very obvious. Please let me pull back just for a moment in my preaching. And you're going to hear me do this on every single point today. I just want to share with you heart to heart because there's really no other way to preach this. Because I am seeing the rattlesnake invade the church of Jesus Christ. 
But you see, ladies and gentlemen, there are still some things that are absolutely, positively, according to the Word of God, sin. They are wrong. It is not a gray area. The Word of God is not confused. It is very clear. To make the analogy, it's obvious. If the Bible says, thou shalt not, then thou shalt not. There's no stretching that. There's no turning that. It is sin and must be preached that way. Come on, aren't you glad you attend a church that still holds to the standard of the Word of God and the Word of God is still preached like that, see? Still? It's, there's no watering it down. There's, there's no other way to preach it. It's obvious. But yet, what a sad day in the church of Jesus Christ. In many ways, the rattlesnake is weaving its way in. And things that are the, the Word of God says are very clear. They're wrong. They're obvious. They're sin. Some churches are starting to accept. May God help us. It's clear. It's not up for debate. And it is not a gray area. It's very clear. I believe we can live above the rattlesnake, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God that we can believe in the book. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And it's still this book that's going to get us to heaven. Not a church, not a denomination, or a preacher. It is still the Word of God. It's going to get us there. Secondly, let's talk about the copperhead. The copperhead. Now, every time we change snakes, you're going to see a picture of it go up on the screen. The copperhead's not like the rattlesnake. It doesn't send off a warning. It doesn't make a noise. In fact, when I'm studying about the copperhead, the thing that keeps coming up about it over and over are these words. It blends in with the environment. And if you look at the picture of it, and you, you, you can see that the colors kind of blend in with nature. So you might walk right by the, the copperhead and it's kind of the same color as the grass or the dirt or whatever and you might not know it's there because it's blending in with the environment. See, It's not sending off a warning. It's not making a noise. It's just blending in. May I tell you just for a moment, the copperhead is invading the church of Jesus Christ. For you see again, heart to heart, friends, the reality is you could be attending church service right now. You could have a smile on your face. During worship, you could have raised your hands. You could be praising God. You could be praying. You could be amen in the preacher. You could have tears running down your face. And you could do all of that with bitterness in your heart. You could. We wouldn't know. You, you could do all of those things in a church service and have unforgiveness toward somebody. We, we wouldn't know. You could be here praising God and have anger issues. We, we don't know. Unless you tell us or unless you respond to an altar call, we don't know. You're just here blending in with everything else. 
You, you, you could be here worshiping God, praising God, crying, singing, shouting, dancing, do, doing everything that you do, and you could do all of that and have hatred towards somebody. So, the copperhead, we're just blending in. May I tell you today, if you walked into the service with that junk in your heart, you don't have to leave with it in your heart today. Because the same Jesus that saves you wants to purify your heart in this house today. And I believe we can live above the copperhead, ladies and gentlemen. I believe if we've got bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness in our life, that there is a King of kings and a Lord of lords who is strong enough to get that junk out of us today. Come on, let's put the copperhead under our feet in Jesus' name. The rattlesnake, the copperhead. Number three, I want to talk about the coral, the coral snake. Now, immediately when a picture of that one pops up, you're going to notice something. These are bright neon colors, aren't they? Man, they grab your attention. Far more beautiful than any of the other snakes. In fact, you ever go to the zoo and they got that one building that's full of snakes? Why anybody goes in there, I have no idea. Why are you going? It's full. It's not just one. It's full of snakes. I always want to go to the exit and preach Jesus to those people as they're coming out. Thinking, dear Lord, my... But you know when they're coming out, you know what a lot of them are talking about? Do you see that coral snake? Do you see how pretty that is? Boy, those neon colors, that's pretty. And it is. Beautiful. And it? it's kind of luring us toward it. Come over here. But here's what I want to tell you. Please keep smiling, both of you that are. It's also poisonous. It's trying to lure you over, get you close enough so it can bite you. And send the poisonous venom of sin through your life. It's trying to bite you. It's trying to lure you. The pleasure of sin for a season. This is the one that says, come on Eve, take just one bite. It's not going to hurt you. You're okay. You got secret sin going on. It's all right. You're not hurting anybody. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's the coral snake. The be- but can I tell you, it's trying to get you close to bite you. Why? Because that same devil that's a liar also has a mission statement. His mission statement is this. Steal, kill, destroy. Listen, he wants you dead. He wants you destroyed. That beautiful coral snake luring you in. So it can get you close enough to bite you. Fourth, final snake. But don't get excited. It's my longest point. I'm getting less funny as it goes along, aren't I, huh? Yeah. It's the python. Give me a few minutes to talk to you about the python. You can see by a picture of the python that it's stronger, it's bigger, it's heavier So a python uses its strength to attack its prey. Like many snakes will bite you and send poison through you, the python wraps itself around because it's so strong, it chokes life out of you. It's not a quick strike or a quick kill. It's a slow 
process. Boy, is the python getting in the church today, slowly, blinding us and killing us. A man went on stage in Las Vegas, Nevada for 14 years. He made a living at taking his pet python on stage, letting that python crawl all over his body, and people paid money, paid money to see that. They all need Jesus. They all... 14 years, a pet snake crawling all over him. People paid money. But one night after 14 years, the man walked on. Same stage, same python. And this particular night, the python took a different direction over his body. The man noticed it but didn't think much about it in the beginning. Finally, before he realized what was going on, the python had wrapped itself around his midsection and pinned his arms to his side. The python continued to wrap until it got so tight it squeezed oxygen out of its master's body and he passed out on the stage. The crowd thought it was part of the act. They stood up and gave him a standing ovation. The man is laying on the stage with a python wrapping. The people waiting in the wings finally realized what was going on. But by the time they got out to the man, that python had wrapped itself around him so tightly, it choked the oxygen out of him. Killed him on the stage while the crowd standing and cheering. That man died. Fourteen years. Pet python. Thought he had it under control. I pray you hear me today. Please. Please hear me. Friend. You do not have a deal with the devil. You don't. You might think you do. It might be okay. It's been all this time. I'm getting away with it. It's a... He's going to turn on you. He's going to destroy you. Why don't you take authority over him before he takes authority over you? That python just keeps wrapping itself around us. You don't have a deal. He's going to destroy you. As I close, final story. A man was bitten by a snake in the state of California. It was a poisonous snake, and by the time he got to the doctors and the doctors examined him, they realized they're probably not going to be able to help him. The poison had gone through his body. One of the doctors had an idea, and can I just repeat, it was just an idea. They, they'd never done it before, but they just thought, well, let's try it. So they went and got on the internet and they thought if they could find a man that was immune to this particular kind of snake bite. You know what? When they got on the internet, they found a man in another country that had been bitten by that same snake type so many times his body had built up an immunity to it. Just one man. But that would be enough. So they contacted this man and they said, Sir, here's what we've got in the state of California. 
We notice that it's medically documented that you're immune. Would you consider coming to the United States and doing a blood transfusion for a man you don't even know? You know what? The man agreed to do it. The doctors didn't know if it would work, but they thought, let's try it. Let's see if it will work. You know what? That man came to the state of California, went into the hospital, gave a blood transfusion to the man. And you know what? It worked. Both men walked out of that hospital healed and whole. They didn't know. They said one chance. But it worked. And it saved that man's life. By way of confession, you've listened to a man preach the gospel today that knows what it is to have the poisonous venom of sin flowing through my body. I know what it is. And please don't look at me holy, because so do you. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all been there. We all know what it is to be dying from snake bite. We need a blood transfusion. Can't be just anybody. It's got to be somebody immune to the snake bite of sin. And if I read the Bible correctly, we just got one chance. We just got one hope. For the Bible says there's only one man tempted in all points like us, yet without sin. Just one. If he doesn't do it, we're all going to die and spend eternity in hell. We just got one shot, friend. One person. So he leaves the comforts of heaven, comes and walks earth 33 years, but that's not good enough. It's not helping us. Finally, crucifixion day comes, nails in his hands and feet, spear in his side, crown of thorn on his head. Still not good enough. Until the moment that Jesus looked into the heavens and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit and died. And his blood began to flow from that cross into my life. And I'm forgiven of my sins today. Because that one man, the only hope I had, his name was Jesus. If he didn't do it, I was going to hell. But good news, he did it. He did it for you, and He did it for me. So now, even though I know what it is to have sin flowing through my body, I stand before you redeemed by the blood. Is anybody else in the house been redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Isn't it all? One chance, and He did it for me and you so we don't have to die of snake bite. Father, thank you today for your promises that are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, for staying on that cross so that we could spend eternity with you and in heaven. Thank you for that. Thank you for not calling for the legions of angels, getting out of it. Thank you for shedding your blood 
for our sins today so we could live above the snake.